Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Today is going to be a special podcast focusing on COVID-19. It's all around us. And I thought it was important that we have a discussion around COVID-19 and how it fits in with sexual compulsivity and how it fits in with our lives in general, because it's really turned things so upside down. And so this is an opportunity for Sue and I to have a chance to just chat about how the changes have affected all of us at this super unusual time. So Sue and I, Sue Merlino, my podcast producer and myself, are going to be discussing the changes and the ways of adapting to these changes, both affect us personally and with the folks around us, whether it be family, whether it be clients, whether it be our our society as a, as a whole. So we're just going to have a, a chat today about all of that. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Sue. Good to see you as always. Yeah, no, this is great. I'm glad I'm glad to have this opportunity to talk about this. Yeah, what what's important to you about it? Well, I'm kind of just hoping as a whole that we come out as a better people and yeah. that people have taken this time for growth and self-reflection. You know, I'm, I'm sure not everybody's doing that, but even just a little bit. I'm just I'm very hopeful that that we do come out of this better people, better humans. That's for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. I know it's not always easy for everybody to do that, but I also hope that this is a time of renewal and a time of, of change that, that's for the better, that we can all learn about ourselves, learn about our, our way of living, and, and hopefully find ways of adapting and moving forward that are meaningful for all of us. Yeah. So how has this affected you personally? That's a great question. Um, I was actually at a group therapy conference in New York City the first week of March. And if you remember, during that week, the first cases showed up in New Rochelle, New York, Mm -hmm. which is just outside of, of the city. And I was busy at the conference, so I kind of noticed it. But, you know, there were a few cases in Washington State. There were a few cases in um, in the suburbs of, of New York. Of course, China had this big outbreak that we all knew about. And I think Italy was also having um, high numbers at the time. But I was just in my little group therapy bubble, actually, at the time. And and it's a conference with about a 1,000 people, and, and it's very... Um, a very energized and loving conference. And actually, they, they asked us to 
rather than to shake hands to do elbow bumps. Oh, that yes. was the, the recommendation. Yep. The executive director of our organization said just, you know, elbow bumps are fine. And and wash your hands a little bit more than usual. So so we did. And I got back to California and several of my colleagues got sick. Uh, thank goodness none of them died. Um, but there were actually dozens and dozens and dozens of folks from the conference that tested positive and got sick. And I I was fortunate um, in that I I didn't get sick, but it was scary because it, it really started to hit home. And when I got back to California and then shortly after that, the governor said, stay at home, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I think Governor Newsom is, is doing a really strong job of letting us know what's okay and what's not okay. And at that point, I had to leave my office. I, I, I went to my private practice for the last time in my office. And literally overnight, I had to switch gears and start seeing my clients online. I use Zoom. And, um, and I'm not the most technologically um, adept person. And so I, with a little help from some of my friends, I, I learned Zoom pretty quickly. And we were all commiserating about what was working and what wasn't working. And sure enough, I, I just was very impressed with my clients because almost all of them switched over to Zoom. And we learned together what it was like to have our therapy sessions online rather than in the office. And so that was really the the beginning. And now that we're six weeks in or so, seven weeks in, um, Zoom isn't my first choice, but I'm I'm very grateful that, that I have a platform like Zoom to literally see my clients and to have our sessions. Because if this happened... 15, 20, 25 years ago, we wouldn't have that possibility. And, and so I'm very grateful that, that I get to have that. I even have my groups. I have a few groups and I I see my groups on zoom. And again, it's not my first choice. I have to say it has its limitations, but it works and, and we get to be together and we get to do some therapeutic work. And so that's really how things have been unfolding. And I'm, I'm wondering from, from your end, Sue, um, how has COVID and all of this affected you personally? Well, personally, um, I'm just, I just found myself kind of grieving the loss of not being able to travel, not that I was going to be going anywhere. I mean, I did have a wedding I was going to go to on the East Coast at the end of May. Yeah. Um, and my niece just had a baby yesterday. So, oh, wow. It was, Congratulations. Yeah. I'm very excited for her. <laughs> Beautiful little baby boy. So, but it just, I kind of felt my, it felt like I, I went through some grieving period of, of not being able to do those things. And, um, it's still a lot of the unknowns are, are tricky too, you know, to, and you get a, you got I turned the news off because there was so many different messages coming through. So it was confusing yeah. to me and I was having yeah. a, a little bit of anxiety around it, but I did set up a lot of zoom meetings for 
um, families and friends. And we have Saturday night trivia with our neighbors and um, a Thursday night event with my family. So it's been, you know, using Zoom, like you mentioned, it's it's been okay staying in touch with people. But I definitely do miss the energy of real people, not even people I know, just strangers, you know, and it's it's just odd. Um, but we're we're dealing. I mean, that's what we learn how to how to deal with things. I guess that's one of the things that humans can do and adapt. Um, but it hasn't really been smooth the entire time. You know, I've been I'm very mm -hmm. mindful about it. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's it's. What do you? What can you do? You got to just figure it out. <laughs> right, right, yeah. and 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 I agree. I think there's something about our resourcefulness and figuring it out that is is so essential. And and actually, I think just shifting gears a little bit in in addiction recovery, um, that resourcefulness and that resiliency and and that ability to move forward um, and persevere when um, things have been really dark. And, and so I think a lot of folks in addiction recovery actually have muscle mm -hmm. around moving through the dark into a, a lighter space for themselves. At least I hope to, I like to think that. Yeah. It's and, just a, a, another tool for them that they've, or a muscle, right. That they have, that they can flex. Uh, actually, yeah, and and I think along those lines, um, I, I was reading a quote from um, Darwin. Actually, you know, sur survival, survival of the fittest, and he basically said, and this is paraphrasing, he said that it's not about wisdom, it's not about strength, it's not about intelligence, but survival is actually about adaptation. And if we have the skills to adapt to our environment and to change, that's really what's going to help us stay buoyant. And I thought that was really interesting because in a way it, it's counterintuitive. I think a lot of our culture thinks that it's all about your intelligence and your, your skills and all of that. And, and actually adaptation is, is, is such a, a skill that that we can refine or we can we can actually learn but this is is a time unlike any other in our in our lifetime and so um as we all learn to adapt it's, it's not a linear progression it's it's a bumpy road at times i know that i'll be able to stay afloat and do what i need to do for several days and then i'll hit a wall I don't know about you, but like yep. on Friday, sometimes I'm just exhausted uh, from working in front of a computer all week. And then I feel like I just need to crash. And that's OK. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be as compassionate with myself about that and really know that that it's OK to rest, that rest is part of uh, dealing with all of this and trying to stay afloat. Is that have you found any of that yourself at all? I have, and I just started allowing myself to do that as well, and just stopping at like six thirty and turning my computer off and just being done. So I I, I um, schedule my days a little better um, and and hold myself to it. <laughs> 
because I know I could just walk into this room and do some more work, but I'm now not doing that anymore. I had to. I had to just stop. But yeah, yeah. So adaption is uh, yeah. Being able to adapt is just it's interesting because there's a lot of layers to that. Um, but um, that could be another whole episode. Um, have you like have are your clients affected by this? Are they still all doing Zoom, or did some people not follow that? And doing telephone. That's a great or? question. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I had a handful at first that did not want to do Zoom, and I still have a few who are waiting. They they want to wait until I go back to my office until they come in and and resume. But um, the majority have have gone to Zoom. Um, what I've found though is that. You know, certain clients, especially in group, and my my groups will will be more frustrated. Like like something I didn't say earlier, and you and I know this because we are on the phone right now. Is generally we're across the table from one another, right? Generally yeah. we're in the same room and we share a space and and we have a face to face conversation. We're not able to do that right now. We're, we're on the phone having our conversation from one side of Los Angeles to the other side of Los Angeles. <laughs> and there's something a, a bit discouraging in some ways about that, because, of course, we want to be together. Of course, we want to give each other a hug. Of course, we want to have that face to face experience. So. My clients sometimes will will just start to talk about how they miss that with me, how they miss that with the the groups that they're in, how they miss that with their family members. Some of their family members are not able to see face to face. Um, and then the opposite side, when they're quarantined with with uh, mm -hmm. people that they they get a little uh, tired of of being quarantined together. That that's the opposite right. experience, right? So I think my clients are going through the same kinds of things that I am. Just that we all have a different story. The the one thing that I do want to say though is um, folks that live alone have different challenges, right? Folks that live alone um, all of a sudden are mm. really really isolated more than ever, and hopefully. What I've seen is the resourceful alone people at home are, are using the phone and, and Zoom and FaceTime way more than ever before. And, and that makes a difference. And, um, of course, add, add the idea of somebody who's living alone who's older and they don't want to go to Trader Joe's for their groceries um, hopefully they can have somebody who can help out. Like I have a, a friend who, who has, um, family members who do the grocery shopping. They don't come into the house. They actually leave it on the front doorstep. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's all of these different ways of being creative, right? So people who are living alone have different challenges. Um, couples or single parents who have small children, mm -hmm. I think have huge challenges because the kids um, 
are, are stuck in in the confines of of their home or their apartment and that's a whole nother story i think it's much easier with actually usually <laughs> with teenagers or older children yeah so that's going to be really difficult yeah yeah so so there's not a one size fits all answer for that but i think my my clients one thing we've been talking about again and again is being really patient with oneself, trying to slow down and listen internally to what's truly going on for them, and to to really pay attention to what it means to take care of themselves, you know, with with nutrition and and rest and contact with with others, um, so that they are really taking care of the basics um, in addition to some who are working and some who have lost their jobs. I mean, it's just such a complicated time. So because people who are going through addiction are totally turned upside down and Mm -hmm. like all of us are, um, would you think that the recovery piece of it is easier or more difficult? I I think there is a high vulnerability to relapse right now. If, if somebody does not stay connected, you know, I've said this before mm-hmm. and I'll say this again, but connection is, is such a, a vital hub of the wheel. You know, if somebody is able to stay connected, truly connected to themselves, connected to their loved ones, uh, if they have a sponsor to stay connected to their sponsor, if they have a therapist to stay connected to their therapist, and also, if they have a, a, a belief in a power greater than themselves, uh, God, higher power, universal power, then then that's where the connection can often be a way of, of really sustaining one's sobriety. You know, I think it it sometimes is the the litmus test. If if I know that if I stay connected in my life, that I I tend to have a much smoother and more buoyant kind of existence but if i'm disconnected i'm I'm really at risk for various things um including relapse or slips of some sort um but i'll tell you one thing i i, I was really touched by something recently that that happened i was asked to do a zoom workshop for a 12-step group in new york uh, sexual compulsives anonymous and what they decided to do in their fellowship, and I thought this was really cool, is they decided to put on a speaker series because they felt that they needed more than just Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the thing I wanted to mention that I'll come back to. And and so they wanted to bring in some speakers and some ideas, tools, strategies. And I actually spoke about how the opposite of addiction isn't connection. I'm sorry. The opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of of addiction is connection. I knew I could get that out. The opposite of addiction is connection. And um, and it was a really inspiring workshop because they had I don't know exactly the exact numbers that that were attending, but it was like 40, 50, 60 people, right. and and there was a dedication to and a hunger for, for connection. And they asked lots of questions and and it was just very 
inspiring to see a fellowship decide to expand the kind of support they could offer at this particular time when people oftentimes are feeling so disconnected. And um, and what I wanted to say is there are no 12-step meetings in person right now, right. you know, for obvious reasons. And so there's there's a lot of Zoom meetings, but again, there's those folks who gravitate to the Zoom meetings, and there's those folks who get discouraged and and don't want to participate in that way. There's also phone meetings, which are another option, and some of us uh, old timers prefer <laughs> phone meetings, actually. But um, but again, it's, there's limitations. It's different. And, and going back to what Darwin tells us, it's, it's about adaptation. Can we adapt? Can we just do it and, and deal with the bittersweet nature of it, with the uh, trade-offs of participating in, um, in meetings or in uh, fellowship activities in a way that's different, but hopefully has some value to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Change in times. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's kind of, well, we don't know. We don't, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you what the future is going to be like, but I think. You I, don't. Yeah. I want a crystal ball. <laughs> but those face-to-face -face meetings are just what, you know, I long for. And um, I think they're going to be quite a ways out, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, you did mention some tips on coping and, and like self, um, awareness or self-care which is super important all the time but even yeah. more so now are there any other tips you wanted to share well i'll just summarize i really do believe that connection to self others um loved ones sponsor therapist <laughs> higher power that that's where the how do they say it? the rubber meets the road i think yeah you know, that that's where it, it really can be a make or break. So I, I've come to believe that, especially with sexual compulsivity, um, there can be such isolation and, and taboo um, around talking about sex, around talking about sexual recovery, that connection is, is just vital. And when I'm talking about self-care, I, I don't want to just glaze over the idea of self-care i'm really talking about impeccable self-care and what i mean about that what i mean by that today is that we're in a situation that we can just pretend and walk through it and and not really pay attention or we can be mindful of what we're ingesting so for instance um how we eat is probably more important than ever. Mm -hmm. um, how we rest and pay attention to the kind of rest that we need and how we balance work and rest. Um, media. Media is very challenging right now because we're in, we have been in this 24-7 news cycle for so many years. It, it's just not helpful to, to really limit one's media consumption and to find those voices, those leaders that really speak to you. I, I happen to like Andrew Cuomo. I think he has a very rational and uh, genuine and compassionate way of talking about the pandemic. 
I'm pleased with our California folks out here, Gavin Newsom, Garcetti, Kamala Harris. I think they're all uh, fantastic. Adam Schiff, um, Ted Lieu. I mean, we have a, a lot in California that are, are really on top of things. But but I'm not telling you to listen to any one particular person. I'm really suggesting that you consider who feel soothing to you because we need to do things for ourselves that are soothing and and so that's where you get to choose and it's up to you how how you do that but to moderate your media consumption is so important the other thing i want to mention that i've been bringing into my meditation practice is mindful self-compassion i meditate every day i have a little uh meditation cushion and my dog's in the room with me and I, I spend at least 10 to 15 minutes um, as my tone setter of the day. And I've been listening to various meditation teachers who focus on mindful self-compassion. The one I've been listening to recently is named Chris Germer, G-E-R-M-E-R, Chris Germer. Mm -hmm. um, another famous one is Tara Brock, B-R-A-C-H. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, she's fantastic. But again, I'm not saying any one meditation teacher is the one to listen to. But right now, these are voices of, of love and compassion and soothing. And if you can give yourself 10 minutes, and we all can do it if we carve out the time for ourselves, if you can give 10 minutes to a, a, a YouTube um, segment with Chris Germer or Tara Brock, um, that might add another level of um, give, knowing that you're not alone, but also knowing that your system can regulate. And that's so, so essential right now. Yeah, those are great ideas. Thanks. I actually been doing some little field trips and doing tours, signing up for tours through the national parks, which is another neat way to kind of get into nature from your chair and from your computer. So I've been finding a lot of peace in that and just hearing the birds and they're done really well. Um, and there's different um, sites that you can go to and Monterey has a live camera at their aquarium and just watching, uh, just watching the seals out on the beach. <laughs> it's kind of fun too. So I'm finding peace in, in nature. Just hearing those sounds is just really been helpful for me too. But um, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I was going to put a list together to send out to people to say, and there's some museums that are doing walkthroughs too, some tours. Mm. Um, so there's some great things. But the national parks are really fun, and they're curated really well. So just um, so I just wanted to to say a few things about that. So that's the kind of creative soothing that we're talking about. I mean, how inspiring is it to see a bunch of seals hanging out on rocks i mean there's nothing <laughs> as as you know they're just fun right yeah. and 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 so i love the idea of virtual tours and i love the idea of, of giving yourself that space to since we can't actually drive up to monterey right now which you and i have done in the past <laughs> um but we can um we can do that virtually and give ourselves a few minutes of a, a visit to a, a beautiful place because that's really, again, bringing the nourishment into our system. 
And um, that's fantastic. I also wanted to mention what you were talking about before um, is how can we infuse a little fun and play into all of this and, and, and exercise, by the way, I didn't mention exercise and movement for Mm. those of you who are um, athletic, but I, I, I was told that one of the few games that we can actually play with friends virtually is Yahtzee. And for those who don't know Yahtzee, because it's an older game, it's spelled Y-A-H-T-Z-E-E. And it's such an easy game to learn. And it can be really fun just to hang out with friends. And of course, you have to trust that they're, you know, that they're um, they're reading their dice accurately. But hopefully you have that kind of trust with your friends. But (laughs) I, I had a Yahtzee night with some friends and it was really fun. Oh, that's great. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, so I I definitely recommend that. But the other thing about all of this is, like you said before, Sue, there's so many things that have been canceled this year, you know, from from graduations to um, different kinds of celebrations to conferences. So much has been canceled and continues to be canceled. And there's something about being good to ourselves and saying, okay, so I didn't get to go... Um, to New Orleans for my conference, what would be something local that I could give myself? Like I had a friend recently who, and this was a few weeks back when the snow was still um, before it melted, but um, they drove with their little girl up to the snow about an hour away from here in Los Angeles. We're lucky, right? We can drive an hour, an hour and a half, and and there's snow when, in, in the winter time. Mm-hmm. And, and they just went up to to play in the snow for for a little while and that was their field trip and then of course for those who who know about the poppies there's california poppy reserves Mm -hmm. up in the antelope valley and about another hour or so outside of the city and and the season is basically over at this point but again just to know that you don't just because we're quarantined doesn't mean that we have to stay inside 24 seven that if you're careful and you're going according to the guidelines we can drive someplace and have a picnic with um someone who's quarantined with us generally right um or or with social distancing i mean i I went on a walk yesterday with somebody who i I care about deeply and and she and i went on a a social distancing walk and i just needed to see other people i couldn't Mm -hmm. um stay pooped up any longer so it's 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 all of those things just being creative along the way what did you say no i was totally agreeing with you that's fantastic yeah i've been doing the same things just and i'm I'm thankful that i have a dog and like you were saying earlier people yeah. who are alone and self-isolating um it's 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 got to be really difficult and yeah. if they do have a dog, I mean, all the single people I know around that live around me all have dogs. So I, they are out, you know, with their dogs. And I think that it's kind of nice that they do have that animal that probably provides them a lot of comfort right now. I can't agree more. Yeah. I, I, I think that our dogs are, are the best nervous system regulators. <laughs> And they're also right now the greatest excuse to go outside and take a long walk. And luckily it hasn't gotten too hot yet. So we have the spring weather here and 
you know, whatever we can do to uh, give ourselves that freedom so that we don't feel quite as trapped. So, Andrew, um, just one more question here. How do you see this changing the face of psychotherapy and addiction recovery? So that's an awesome question, Sue. And, and obviously, I don't have a crystal ball, although I wish I did, because I think so many of us really want to know what's going to happen next. But this is something that I've been giving some thought about because in my practice, I, I see individuals and groups. And in my office, it's possible to social distance with my individual clients, but it's not going to be possible for me to social distance my groups. And I've been really sad about that because my groups are getting a little antsy. They really want to be together. And I'm not sure how to do it. I don't know if I'm going to rent a special space that's big enough for us to social distance. But but we have all these unusual questions in front of us. Every therapist gets to decide for themselves what their comfort level is around reintroducing clients into the office. And everybody's going to do it a little bit differently, but of course we're going to go by the guidelines of the governor and, and he's going to let us know what is okay and what's not okay. And, and we're also going to be very careful with social distancing, with disinfecting, with all the kind of precautions we need to take with this virus. Unfortunately, they're predicting a recurrence in the fall, so we may have a uh, lull, like a time when, when we don't see as much of, of the cases, and then it may come back again, which is, of course, really discouraging. But what I believe, and this is maybe the idealist in me or the, maybe the pragmatist in me, I don't know, but I, I, I do believe, going back to what you and I talked about originally, that we're all learning from this. We're learning about ourselves and we're learning about each other. And that's what therapy and addiction recovery is ultimately about. It's about learning about ourselves. It's about being there for others and learning how to have more satisfying relationships. And so it's going to be interesting to see when we're able to be face-to-face -face again and how we're going to be able to do that. So, for instance, in the 12-step world, because we're used to being in basically tight circles, like literally sitting next to each other in a circle, we're not going to be able to do that for a while. Yeah, there may be quite a delay before we can actually do that. And so my hope is, is that we can stay resilient, we can support one another, we can find ways of adapting, as Darwin tells us, and, and we can move forward in a way that will eventually allow us to resume some kind of new, I hate the expression new normal, but, but some kind of new adaptation that will work for all of us and bring us back to some semblance of what we've known. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll ever be quite the same, unfortunately. But at the same time, and this is the flip side, I think there's going to be some clients who are going to want to be on Zoom. Yeah. I think there's clients who are interested, especially those who have to fight traffic here in Los Angeles or 
those who have gotten so used to it that they feel uh, at ease with it. So I'm, I'm going to be offering both at some point. And, um, and my hope is that, you know, we all can come together in a way to move forward and, and, and find some kind of, I want to say inner peace mm-hmm. with, with the magnitude of changes in front of us. Yeah, I look forward to it. I mean, I think it's not that it's exciting, but it's interesting and for me to to see how things change and how we do adapt and and it's nice to now be able to offer your services to somebody who may not be able to come into the office and and to be comfortable with that. I think is a good thing. I, I do too. It 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 opens the aperture in a way that I never ever would have imagined before all of this, but it's it's forcing me to learn about myself. I mean, I'm I'm super fortunate that I have a therapist in my corner who has been a part of my life for many years, who is a, a big thinker in the sense that that he has been a lifetime meditator. He he has ways of looking at things that are really soothing to me, but also provocative and helpful in the sense that, um, that it, it gives me hope. And I think any, anything that gives us hope and inspiration mm-hmm. is really what, what we can lean into. So um, on that note, um, why don't we end for today? But thank you so much, Sue, for this important conversation. And I'm so glad we were able to talk about this today. Thanks, Andrew. It was great. Thank you for listening today. It was really great sharing this time with my friend and talented podcast producer, Sue Merlino, and discussing this topic that affects each and every one of us right now, the topic of COVID-19 and how it also affects those in addiction recovery and specifically those in recovery from out of control sexual behavior please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or please share our podcast on Spotify. And if there are any topics that you'd like us to discuss in the future, just let us know. And I do look forward to you joining us on future podcasts. And thanks again for being with us today.